0: Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back again today. What a blessing it is for us to be able to gather together each day here on Search the Scriptures, open up God's Word, and dig into those rich teachings and truths. Try to glean some more information, some more teaching, promises, hope, direction, and yes, even correction and rebuke at times. But all of it is there for our good to guide us into the best life that a human being can live in this world and with the greatest direction, and that is toward heaven, with the greatest hope, eternal life, salvation, the greatest promise to be there with God in Christ forever in that heavenly home. Oh, how blessed we are. The Bible is so rich, so full of magnificent teaching, and what we really need to understand, bottom line is, It is filled with the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God, it can guide us again in the best life in every situation. It can get us through this life and point us toward that eternal life with him in heaven. Here in Search the Scriptures, we strive to teach God's word in depth and in detail, and yet we try to do so in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily life. We we need to know what the Bible teaches. It is the only way of success in this world, in this life. It is the way that will give us the best hope and opportunity. You know, the Bible is always the best seller among all the books that are published every year. You won't read that in the New York Times bestseller list Uh, They just don't include it anymore, but it's always number one. It exceeds all of the others that come into print, and it will continue to do so, I trust, until the Lord comes again. It's interesting. So many people have a Bible, or two, or three, or four in their home, and yet though it is and continues to be and probably will continue on an ongoing basis to be the bestseller, it may be the least read book by the population of this country as a whole. Oh, we've all got one or two or three or four, as I said. But so many people don't read the Bible much. And I know that some will complain, I can't really understand what it says. And part of the reason there is they don't read it enough to understand. They don't practice reading what the Bible says And so they'll pick it up and they don't really know how to read because maybe they might just simply open it up somewhere in the middle or some random page and start reading and and it doesn't make a lot of sense because they're reading out of context. They don't know what the preceding context was and so they don't know how to relate what they're reading to what has been written there. But here in Search the Scriptures we try to get through all of that we try to help you see what it says in the context in which it was written or at least in a context which you can understand and when you start to look at the bible and read it and study it methodically in a common sense way oh my the riches that begin to come out it's an exciting book and it gives so much hope and let me tell you the people Of this world today are looking for hope. It's right there in God's Word. As you keep studying it, our prayer is that your faith is growing stronger. That is the biblical formula for developing faith. After all, in Romans 10 and verse 17, we read that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Yet that's where faith comes from. And as your faith grows stronger, our prayer is that you're coming closer to God. And that ultimately you will come to him all the way through Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in him as your Lord and Savior and God's Son, and surrendering to him in baptism, being buried in that water, immersed therein, and contacting the saving and cleansing power of the blood of Christ as you're baptized into him, coming up out of that water, forgiven, redeemed, saved in Christ, and beginning to walk that new life in him, that life of being reborn and headed toward heaven. Our prayers are with you, and our prayers are for you. We're gonna get back into our study entitled, What Should We Do? And we've talked about this particular question as applied to criticism that we would receive. What should we do in the face of criticism? And we get criticized for all kinds of reasons and by all kinds of people through life. It hurts, doesn't it? It does, so often at least. Now, sometimes we can be pretty big about it and we can think, well, I deserved that criticism. I had it coming. I realized I did not act appropriately and I deserved to be criticized but most of the time it probably hurts. And even sometimes when we realize that we deserved the criticism, it still hurts. (laughs) We're emotional beings and it hurts to be criticized. Well, we need to learn from the criticism. We need to first recognize as to whether or not the criticism is just on the basis that is the reason for it. And so we've looked a number of times at 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, where it tells us to examine ourselves. And I think we should understand from that particular text that self-examination needs to be done on an ongoing basis, a regular basis. So are we deserving of the criticism on the basis of it? Did we do whatever it was that we were criticized for? Are we guilty of whatever it is that we've been receiving criticism over? Do we need to change, to make an adjustment, to correct something in our lives, or maybe correct our lives in general? Now, that's the basis of the criticism. But we also need to recognize the motive behind it. And here's what really hurts a lot of times, because sometimes criticism is... For our own good. It's, it's offered in a constructive way to help us do better. Sometimes it's simply neutral, and there's no harm, harmful intent and in, you know th- that is at the basis of it at all. Somebody simply makes a comment. They may not even realize that that what they're criticizing applies to us. It's just neutral. But then there are those who try to hurt, hurt us through criticism. They try to criticize us to the point of causing us pain, of cutting us apart, of doing us hurt, of causing emotional distress. They want to bring us down. They want to damage our integrity or our reputation, our standing in our social circle or wherever it might be. Sometimes work associates will criticize other work associates because they want to get their job or they don't like it that they're maybe in a supervisory position over them and, and so they want, to, they want to get them fired or something perhaps. All kinds of wrong, ungodly, and destructive motives are behind some criticism. Now, those are the ones that we need to really stop and think about, how should I respond? What should we do? We should, again, stop and think about all the criticism, the positive as well as the negative, the motives behind it, but especially how should we react to somebody who is is leveling against us destructive criticism. Their motive is bad, ungodly, purposely hurtful. Well, we've looked in Romans chapter 12 and verses 16 through 21 and where Paul gives us some guidelines as to how to respond to uh, adversity leveled against us by somebody, somebody who perhaps is acting unjustly toward us, causing us harm or damage And he he tells us that we need to be the example, that we need to set the standard from a human perspective. We need to be the proper influence. And, of course, he's talking to Christians. So we need to respond as Christians. He says in verse 16, do not set your mind on high things. Don't be a snob. Don't go out seeking prestige or glory. Don't be arrogant He says associate with the humble. Well, we need to recognize that we all are lowly beings in the sight of God. And we need to not, again, be arrogant or all caught up with ourselves, got the big head. But we need to associate, make friends with, be kind toward those of more humble means than ourselves. We need to display proper humility on our own level proper demeanor and character as a Christian. He goes on and he says, do not be wise in your own opinion. Well, this is somewhat related to the previous two statements that he's made. This would say more specifically, don't be conceited. Don't get all carried away with your sense of self-importance. Some people think they're just all that, you know. And he says, don't have that attitude. Don't have that mindset. He goes on and says, repay no one evil for evil. This is difficult because when we've had evil done to us, our instinctive knee-jerk reaction is to do evil back to that person or those persons. We want to get them back. But Paul says, repay no one evil for evil. Don't seek revenge. Don't try to hurt the person who hurt you. And again, this takes a lot of courage, takes a lot of strength, and probably a lot of practice. We're likely to stub our toe along the way in trying to live up to this particular response that Paul lays out for us. He goes on in verse 18 and says, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Some people will not let you live peaceably with them, but as much as is possible on your part. Live peaceably with all men. Sometimes it's better to just walk away in the face of provocation. But certainly we should not be provocative. We should not take the lead in provoking evil or or provoking an ungodly attitude or behavior. Diffuse, diffuse the explosiveness of wrath by dismantling the bomb of anger. We need to be careful to not let the devil have a place in our lives. And anger is a place that we're giving him. We need to be careful to not give him any place in our lives because whatever little opening that we allow him into our heart, yeah, boy, he gets in there and he just, pushes the door open farther and farther, and and he tries to influence us more and more. We need to be careful to not let him have any place. We need to be careful to control ourselves and keep down the anger, because that anger, if uncontrolled, can turn to wrath, and that wrath can lead to violence, terrible violence. Pursue peace. Peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be sons of God. We need to be peacemakers. We need to pursue peace, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. And that's an active term, going after it, pursuing it, trying to bring it about. In verse 21, uh, verse 19, rather, Paul again says, do not avenge yourselves. Let God take care of settling the score. God knows what needs to be done. He knows the truth about all situations. He's your best bodyguard. He's your biggest friend if you walk with him faithfully. Now, in verse 19, Paul goes on and he says, do not avenge yourselves. I'm sorry, verse 21, he goes on and says, do not be overcome by evil. But overcome evil with good. Now, when you think about some of these statements that he's made, these guidelines that he's given that lead up to this one, if we don't follow those, we can be overcome by evil. If we take it upon ourselves to avenge ourselves, or if we do not give proper attention to living peaceably with others around us and in the world around us. We can end up being overcome by evil ourselves. But Paul says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Somebody is trying to provoke you. Somebody is being mean toward you. Well, don't get sucked in to that kind of behavior and start responding in kind. That's being overcome by evil. Don't be bullied into ungodly behavior by an ungodly adversary. Instead, be the example. And maybe, just maybe, you might win your ungodly detractor over to righteousness. Now, I know that that sounds rather, uh, maybe rather unrealistic to some people. It's rather idealistic, but it can happen in some occasions. And certainly, if we refuse to get sucked in, if we refuse to respond to evil with evil, if we refuse to become ungodly in the face of an ungodly adversary, then we end up being the example we end up probably in a lot of cases defusing a volatile or at least a potentially volatile situation. I remember one time I knocked on a door. I was looking for somebody and we were trying to find the right address. I was trying to make a visit as part of my work as a gospel minister and we weren't sure what door I don't think there were, perhaps there was no address on the doors, and, and, and so we knocked on a door, and, and this, the door came open, and here was this guy who obviously was drunk or high on something, and when he opened the door, he was in a very confrontational mood. I read that right away and just excused myself and apologized, I believe, and turned to walk away. Well, he came down out of of his house and followed us all the way to the car and, again, was confrontational, argumentative, provocative in his behavior and speech. Now, there were two of us and only one of him. So as far as any kind of physical confrontation was concerned, it probably would have been pretty much... Uh, a win for us, but we didn't want that. And so instead, we just kept turning away, walking away, speaking calmly in response to his tense and even angry and confrontational speech. And we drove off. Now some might have found that difficult on the basis of ego and some kind of false sense of honor, and so something terrible might have ultimately ensued and resulted. But that didn't need to be. We need to not be overcome by evil, but we need to set the example, and we need to overcome evil with good. Be the example. Set the example. Whether the other person picks it up or not, still set the example. Set the example. Respond properly. Respectfully. Display godly behavior and character in the way you respond to criticism. Now, you need to do that certainly if the criticism is just on the basis of it, if you're guilty of whatever it is that you've been criticized of. And by guilty, I don't necessarily mean you've committed some kind of crime or, or even necessarily committed a sin, but maybe you just got something wrong at work. You didn't follow the proper procedure. Maybe you just made a mistake about something you did or something you said, and you didn't mean to, you didn't mean any harm by it, but, but you did it, you know? I don't know how many times I've talked to people and I've responded the same way myself a number of times. Somebody says, you know, you offended me or you said such and such. And, and I, well, I, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't realize I was doing that. I remember one time many years ago... Two or three different people came up to me, talked to me over a very short period of time, just maybe a couple of weeks or so, and asked if if I had a problem with them or if I had offended them or if they had offended me in some way. And I didn't know what they were talking about. But they were talking about my behavior in their presence, maybe my tone of voice or something. And I literally did not know what they were talking about. But by the time I heard from two or three different ones over a period of maybe a couple of weeks or so, I got up in front of the group and I I said, I I apologize. Maybe I have carried myself in uh, wrong. Maybe I've said some things or or sounded wrong. And I, I didn't mean it. I didn't know I was doing that. Well, again, some people would say, I didn't have anything to apologize for. Why should I get up and say I'm sorry? Again, we're supposed to set the standard. We're supposed to set the example. We're supposed to display godly character in the way we respond to criticism, especially if it's deserved. But even if it's not deserved, even if it's absolutely false, we still need to be Christian in our response. That doesn't mean we need to get walked over but we still need to be Christian in the way we conduct ourselves and carry ourselves. In Acts chapter 16, the Apostle Paul and Barnabas were arrested unjustly. They were beaten unjustly. The next day, the town officials sent word to let them go. The Apostle Paul said, uh, no, no. We were beaten, unaccused, Roman citizens. Now what he meant was, we're Roman citizens. And by Roman law, there was to be no beating without charges. They had no charges substantiated against them, but they were they're, they're The officials, had had what they had done in beating them after being incarcerated was in violation of Roman law. Paul was not being unjust in his saying, no, 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 you're not going to turn us out secretly. You have those officials come and release us personally. See, we're not talking about being walked over or being, acting like a little meat mouse and letting everybody treat you harmfully and wrong. But we're talking instead about setting the example and displaying Christian character, even in the face of unjust criticism. We'll conclude this study next time, so be sure to tune in and we'll wrap it all up and bring it to a close. I really hope that this is helping you. I, it's something I think that applies to every one of us and that we all probably struggle with from time to time. We'll tell you how to contact us in just a moment. You can receive that free Bible study we always offer. We'll take care of the postage. Why not contact us right away?